tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Today's episode is sponsored by the Read Harder Journal. Created by Book Riot, this smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of each book you read. Evenly interspersed among these entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder Initiative, which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up past over books, try out new genres, and choose titles from a wider range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books. Get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant. Find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press, and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill the challenge. So that's the Read Harder Journal, wherever books are sold. Listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 189, and today we are talking about more of our favorite books of 2018. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Maria Christina Garcia Lynch, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Hey, hey! Hello! We always say hello like we haven't just spent like several minutes talking <laughs> before the show. <laughs> it's the magic of radio! <laughs> uh, it's, don't break the illusion. I, I did. The, four, the fourth wall. Do radios have walls? I don't even know. <laughs> Wait, is is this the last all the books of 2018? It is. Because of the way the holidays fall, we are off for the next two weeks. Wow. Uh, because of Christmas and New Year's Day. So it's a little sad. Soak it but... all in, everybody. This is the last you get for a while. <laughs> yeah. I love recording, but also it's been kind of a crazy month, so I can yeah. just read whatever I want for a little bit, and then I'll have lots of books to talk about for either all the books or all the backlist, which is exciting. Um, I also love when you and Jen and Rebecca have to share emails and figure out the schedule, like who's going to record what and like who can do this, because I feel like um, I, like I'm being babysat, like you're my handlers, and they're like, all right, who's going to deal with her today? Okay, who's who's on liberty duty? <laughs> yeah, like I see myself like on the little dolly, like Hannibal Lecter with the face mask on, and they're like <laughs> passing me off. I love it. Oh, speaking of nothing to do with any of that, how about I tell you about my first pick? We're going to talk about some more books that we loved in 2018. There are so many, but here are a few more great ones, uh, starting with... The Feather Thief, Beauty, Obsession, and the Natural History Heist of the Century by Kirk Wallace Johnson. I like reading true crime, like all true crime, but I like reading heist books because when you read like novels, not true stories, but like fiction about serial killers, they're often like over the top ridiculous. Like that kind of stuff just does not happen in a lot of them. Which is good. I'm I'm totally on board for that. Like not like that's fine, you know. But but, like, heist books, like, that kind of stuff is crazy. And this one is crazy. Uh, it's about this true... It's a true story, obviously. It's nonfiction. Um, that's what that means, in case anyone didn't know. <laughs> now I'm babbling. Um, so in 2009, 
A 20-year-old flautist from America was playing a concert in London, and after the concert, he hopped a train to an outpost of the British Museum of Natural History, broke in, and stole hundreds of feathers, hundreds of bird skins, because he wanted to make really fancy flies for fly fishing. Like, that was his objective. That's his obsession. And so... Kirk Wallace Johnson, the author of this book, he himself, who, he's, like, this journalist, he had, like, PTSD from, like, covering the Iraq War, and then this horrible accident involving sleepwalking, which was just insane when he describes it. Um, He was kind of, like, relaxing, taking some time off, and he was fly fishing, and the guy that took him out fishing told him the story. He said, you know, this, this guy, like, climbed a wall and broke into the museum and stole these feathers to make flies, and he was like, uh, why and how, and... Where is this guy now? And what happened to the feathers? And all of a sudden, like, he had his new obsession, like, the new thing that he had to write about. Um, so I don't want to give a lot of it away, like, wh- where the guy is, what happened to him, what happened to the feathers. But it's so much fun. And it is refreshing every once in a while to read a true crime story where, you know, no one is hurt. And it's just so, except for the birds, poor <laughs> birds. Um, and, but- like, the fish. <laughs> That's true, too. Oh, I failed. <laughs> um... So it, it's just so great, and the cover is gorgeous. It's called The Feather Thief, Beauty, Obsession, and the Natural History Heist of the Century by Kirk Wallace Johnson. That really is like a truth is stranger than fiction situation. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so my first pick for one of my favorite reads of 2018 is Washington Black by Essie Adujan. And this is a book set in the 1830s. Your protagonist starts out as an 11-year-old slave on a Barbados sugar plantation, and it follows him as he manages to escape that situation. Um, And just this journey that he goes on, this coming-of-age journey until he's about in his his early 20s. And so it's, it's not entirely about his time as a slave, but it is about slavery and the the ways that that affects him as he grows up not just the fact that he was born a slave but what it means to be free all of a sudden and what exactly that freedom affords him and what it costs him psychologically um you know it's weird to be a slave and then all of a sudden someone's nice to you and you're you're wandering around in the world and figuring out how to be a free person that's, you know, pretty tough for any young adult. Uh, there's an adjustment period. But for Washington, your main character here, it's it's very much uh, an interesting journey that we follow him on. And what I really liked about it is he is a budding naturalist and a great artist. He likes to sketch marine life and it's so beautiful reading about what he's looking at and how he's drawing it because he's an artist and he's curious and that's reflected in the language of his observations. So um, that was that was my favorite part about reading reading this book. There are some heavy heavy things in this because of the subject matter, of course. But um, I loved I loved the language so. Washington Black by Essie Adujan. If you haven't checked that out already, you should. That was one of my favorite books of 2018. It's so excellent. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, so before I tell you about my next pick, I want to tell you about uh, one of our sponsors today. It is GH Mum Champagne. What do a South African female DJ, a Wall Street businessman turned mixologist, and one of the fastest men alive all have in common? They all dared to push themselves and chase their dreams and make them into their own victories. This holiday season, GH Mum Champagne has partnered with Vice to showcase these amazing stories of personal triumph. So pop open a bottle of GH Mum Grand Cordon, get inspired, and celebrate your next victory. Hey, you never know. Maybe next year your story will be featured. Visit ghmumvictory.com. That's G-H-M-U-M-M-V-I-C-T-O-R-Y.com to see all 10 stories. And we thank them for sponsoring. My next pick, I was so excited to see this on like pretty much every end of the year list. It's amazing. It's Severance by Ling Ma. Such a fantastic novel. Just like so refreshingly original. Because it's like a sort of dystopian, you know, novel, but it's also like satire. It reminded me of You Too Can Have a Body Like Mine by Alexander Kleeman, which was one of my favorite books of 2015. It's just so much fun. So it's about this woman named Candace Chen. She lives in New York City. She's in her early 20s. She is not really into anything. She's just kind of like sort of sleepwalking through life. She works in Bible sales at a publisher um, and she's an orphan. Her parents have passed away. They were, um, she's a first generation American. Her parents moved over here from China and uh, they've left her all their money so she doesn't really have to work, but she just goes to a job because she thinks she has to, but mostly she's just really apathetic about everything. Uh, so much so that a sleeping sickness has started to affect the population of New York City, the population of the country, and she doesn't even really notice until it's taken a hold over most everyone. That's like how like out of it she is. Um, the sleeping sickness turns people into these kind of zombies, but not zombies like they're going to eat your face zombies. Zombies that now repeat the, their actions in real life like over and over and over again. Um, but they don't, they don't eat, they don't sleep, so eventually they die. But like if you were like really into like looking at your phone and trying to use the internet, like people will just stand in one place and do that same thing over and over again. And it's just, like, this repetition. So Candace is now, like, what am I going to do? She ends up joining up with this group of survivors led by a holy roller. And they're going to this, you know, like, as in most, you know, survivalist dystopian stories, there's a, you know, promised place where people will be rescued or everything will be great. So they're headed to that. But she has a secret that she has been keeping from them. Uh, and she's worried they're going to find out. So that's all I'm going to say about that, except it's so, so smart. It's so smart and so ridiculously funny. It's a satire of dystopian novels. It's a satire of millennials and people's attitude towards millennials. It's just, it's so fantastic. So again, it's called Severance, and it's by Ling Ma. All right. Um, and my next pick is is a book that you just dropped off at my apartment when you were here and I was like great I've been meaning to read this and I did and it was amazing it is Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik and this is a great standalone fantasy book so if you don't want to invest in a series right now this is a great great standalone book to pick up instead it is so so Great. It's uh oh my gosh, it's it's like my my favorite fairy tale now. It's amazing. Um and 
the thing about this that that I want to clear up is a lot of people are saying that it's like a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. It's not at all. It's not at all. Um, it does take that as a little bit of an inspiration in the beginning um, where you've got Miriam, who is a moneylender's daughter, basically talking about how how at the the kernel of of that story of Rumpelstiltskin is a girl swindling her way into getting something out of nothing. And it goes on from there to tell this story that is so much wilder and and shinier and it's just ah it don't call it a Rumpelstiltskin telling. It's just not. It's its own thing that is so unique. And the thing about this that really struck me in 2018 is, is that Miriam, she's a moneylender's daughter in this fictional Eastern European country, and her family is Jewish, and her religion is a huge part of who she is and her, her arc in this story. And... I went to New York Comic Con this year and there was a panel about wokeness in sci-fi fantasy. And um, there were authors on it like V. Schwab, N.K. Jemison, Daniel Jose Older, Ibiza Boy. And, and they were basically all saying that we're done with allegorical oppressed peoples in sci-fi fantasy. Like you don't need to say, oh yeah, we're we're going to have werewolves here as a stand-in for HIV positive people or or anything like like we're just we're just done with that. There's there's room in fantasy to have to have some kind of of truth rather than these these symbolic races of people or creatures you can you can have actual oppressed people who exist in in real life in your sci-fi and fantasy and that came back to me hard when i was reading this because miriam's family is persecuted for for being jewish and it it fits in it doesn't take you out of this fantasy world but it it does bring in this truth that people know very well from our world. And it's just such a seamless thing. And I, I thought it was a great example of, of what these great writers were talking about in their, their panel about you, you can do this and you can do this well and responsibly. And it will add so much to your sci-fi fantasy in a way that is, is responsible, uh, in the real world. And so uh, check out Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. All right. I was so glad that I was able to put that in your I hands. Know. I knew you would love it. <laughs> uh, my next pick is a novel I absolutely loved. I love, love, love. Based on truth, but also lots of made up stuff. It is Little by Edward Carey. And it's about Madame Tussaud, the woman who created the wax museum that everyone knows. There's like dozens of locations now. And um, this is about when she was indeed little, how her life started out. It was kind of sad. She lost her parents at a very young age. She ended up at the home of a doctor who was really into creating wax replicas of people's parts 
they got to the house when, when her mother took the job before her mother passed away, and they found this room filled with body parts, and they were so lifelike that they think that he's this crazy serial killer. And he's like, no, 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 these are all made out of wax. And she becomes fascinated, and he teaches her. He teaches her um, about drawing. He teaches her about using wax. Um, and they end up moving to France, where they join up with this really bossy widow and her son, and they keep making these wax replicas and now they're like making like people's full heads and all these bodies are becoming very famous um and it's about how she learned she goes to the palace for a while to be a tutor and that's very fancy and all the while the revolution is brewing and it's just it's so much fun because it's so unusual it's like you know this unusual almost almost like fairy tale about like wax people and and you know she's this amazingly talented a talented woman, but she still was the daughter of a servant, so she's still treated that way, even though, you know, she's going to go on to become this amazing, famous person. And it's just, it's so charming and delightful. I just absolutely loved it. So again, it is called Little, and it is by Edward Carey. All right. And I have no transition into our next sponsor. Our next sponsor. <laughs> no, there's nothing there. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, of figures, no, I don't, I can't. Um, uh, our next sponsor is Third Love. Using millions of real women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. Just answer a few simple questions from Third Love's Fit Finder quiz to find your perfect fit. Third Love offers Double the number of sizes that most brands offer. Cups A through H bands up to 48. And with lightweight memory foam cups, straps that won't slip, and tagless labels, you'll want to wear these soft and breathable bras and underwear every day, especially the new cotton t-shirt bras and underwear. And thanks to the 100% fit guarantee, returns and exchanges are free and easy. And oh my gosh, I, I ordered one of these for myself and I really appreciate the tagless labels. That's, that's nice. Um, so go ahead and they are offering you guys, everyone out there who wears a bra, 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash books now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Again, that is thirdlove.com slash books for 15% off today. All right. You want to tell us about your next pick? I do because it is bonkers and bananas and if you haven't read it yet, you have to. It is Bad Blood by John Carreyrou and this is a book that I didn't I didn't get to until after it had already been released and I had it on hold at the library for like 3 months and it was driving me absolutely nuts because 
as I was waiting for it, everyone else on staff here kept reading it and then saying (laughs) how wild it was. And it just was building up so much. And I'm just at a certain point, I was like, this is this is overhyping it now. There's there's no way it can live up to everyone's accolades. And you've got to read this is. And I just is like, ah, Um, and then I finally got it from the library and I I read it. I stayed. I got no sleep. I just read it all in one sitting in one night. And it was, it was incredible. This is the story of the, the company Theranos and its founder, Elizabeth Holmes, and how she was supposed to usher in this revolution in medical technology with her blood testing system. But as, as we know, this, this isn't really a spoiler alert because Court proceedings have been made public since then. Um, it was all fake. It was, uh, I don't, you know, it's up to you to decide if she was delusional or a scammer or or something in between. But the whole thing was was totally, totally fake. And the way that this is this is written, this is this is true. This is a nonfiction book. Um, you read it, and it it reads like some kind of corporate thriller, and it's just such a great feat of journalism here because you almost forget that that this is a true story that this guy is reporting until until he enters the story himself and tells you how he got involved in in investigating this. And the the book it's it starts out crazy and it just it gets even more wild from there and and yeah you really should need to pick up Pet Blood by John Carreyrou. I'm excited for the movie. Like I yes, don't... there's going to be um I, I saw Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer it, and and you look at pictures of Elizabeth Holmes and Jennifer Lawrence side by side and you're like yeah, yeah. I can see it it's. It's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing, and I I feel like although I know I already know the the real story, whatever, and I've read this book too, I I'm not gonna be bored watching the movie because it's it's ah uh. no because it's so banana pants that it's hard yeah. to imagine even though yeah. it's it's you know based in truth. Um, I don't usually get excited for movie adaptations, but this one I'm like yeah. I want to see, like, what they do with this, because, wow. <laughs> Plus, there's all kinds of stuff that keeps happening, like, since the book came out. Like, all yeah. These, all these things have happened. So, uh, my last pick, I know I've talked about it a million times. I'm going to talk about it a million and one. It is How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, Essays by Alexander Chi. As you know, if you listen to the podcast, I am a huge fan of Alexander Chi. I think he is one of the most thoughtful, smartest writers working today. This is a book of his nonfiction he has a couple of great novels, as you've heard me talk about them. Um, this is a book of nonfiction, um, for, and he talks about a bunch of different things. Anything from, like, writing to there's a, an essay. I found that, like, when I'm reading, like, reviews of this, I like to look at reviews of books after I've read them. So many people love that essay about roses. He talks about his roses, which mm. are, are it's just fantastic. Um, there's a very powerful one about when his father died. Uh, he talks about when he was an activist in San Francisco during the AIDS crisis, uh, in the 80s, um, he talks about the job that he had as a cater waiter for William F. Buckley, which just is so, <laughs> so banana pants. Um, he also 
did he does tarot readings, which would just like I want him to do. It. I've never had one done, and I was like, oh, I want it to be Alexander Cheek, just because I'm just <laughs> such a huge fan. It's amazing. Um, they're they're all so so smart and powerful, and I just I just enjoy his writing so so much. Um, I think part of it has to do with the fact that he is from Maine, and I, I don't people. still in this day like don't feel like there's a lot of people out there like, really public figures who are from Maine, aside from Stephen King, and he's writing about, you know, murder and monsters and all this stuff, and which I can totally understand being from Maine, but, like, Alexander <laughs> Chi is, like, he's somewhat, like, on the level, like, normal, so I am just like, wow, somebody made it out of the state, oh, and they have all their wits about them. than John Hodgman. Yeah. Well, John Hodgman isn't from Maine, <laughs> okay. so... So, like, if you're raised here, there's a certain thing that comes <laughs> along with that. Um, so, I just I just adore him. So, again, it is called How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, Essays by Alexander Chi. If you like following authors on Twitter, you should follow Alexander Chi, too. He's so great, yeah. Yeah. My final pick uh, today is Heartberries by Therese Marie Mayotte. And this is a, a pretty slim volume. It's... Only about 120 pages. And that's that's great because it is intense and I probably could not have taken any more than that. Um, but you should, you should definitely pick it up. It's a memoir. And I went into this totally blind. I'm just like, oh, okay, Heartberries. I've heard people like this book. I will read it. And oh my gosh, it's basically this epistolary memoir that she started writing while she was at a well, while she had voluntarily checked herself into a mental hospital um, and she talks about mental health and her her upbringing and her relationships with men and her experiences as a mother and as a writing student, and there's there's a lot of of stuff in here that is just really, really remarkable, and that she gets to to tell this story is is amazing, and the language is so great, and it really adds to if if you know nothing at all about Native American, like contemporary Native American life today, this definitely belongs on your to-be-read list because her perspective is so valuable. And I I do... It's... It's raw and it's wrenching, and I do I do regret having gone in blind. I would have liked to be be more prepared for this. So I I will tell you that it is extremely difficult to read this, but but I don't want to propagate the notion that her emotional labor here is what gives the book value, because I I don't want to to commodify her pain or or say that that her vulnerability has earned a, a best of accolade because that's totally inaccurate. What makes this book notable for me is that there's a dominant culture so ready to gaslight a woman of color and she can face the same doubts and shaming from within her culture of origin. 
But here she is saying, no, here is my truth in my words. And she doesn't write this book in the present, in, in the past tense. It's, it's in the present tense. And the immediacy of the present tense invests the book with a certain authority that made me just weep in admiration and and even envy that she could she could be that strong and self-possessed it's just it's just a model for anybody including myself who is trying to synthesize childhood trauma now in their in their 30s um so this is Heartberries by Therese Marie Mayotte. All right. That is our last pick of 2018. No, sorry. <laughs> it's so, it's so, I just, oh, it no, hit me so it's hard. it's so good. It's it so hit good. me so hard, but I just, I feel like you, you got to read it. You got to yeah, read it. It's fantastic. So those are our, some of our favorites from 2018. What are you going to read next? I am not sure. <laughs> Come on, take a guess. Oh, well, the, well, here's the thing. I I feel like 2019 is going to be the year that I finally track my reading using the amazing spreadsheet that Rachel Manuel releases on our website every year. And it came out today. Woo-hoo. It came out today as we're recording this. And so now I'm just like, but but if I read any book right now, I can't track it. Like, <laughs> But of course, it's totally unreasonable to think that I'm going to go the next like 14 days without reading anything. Yes, I find your logic to be flawed. It's not going to happen. But no, I understand that. Like when I get really excited, like it's starting around December to turn over my my list, you know, and be like, I want to start again and see. And I have crazy goals for next year. I want to read 700 books and... I want to read, you know, more indie press books. So I'm really excited to get started. So I can understand where you're like, I want to add this to next year's, but but like any but you're book gonna that read I, something. yeah yeah any and any book that I read this year isn't going to be a that, that doesn't mean that I can't read that book next year. It's not going to be that book, but it's going to be another book. I do have I do have a an Agatha Christie book like there an audio book like on in progress on my phone. So. You know, the next time I'm washing dishes or something, I'll probably turn that on. (laughs) What about you, Liberty? I have just started the new Carl, Carl, it's hard to say, Carl Marlantes. I had no idea this was coming. So when I saw it online the other day, I was so excited. He wrote a favorite, a book riot favorite, Matterhorn, which is a very giant novel about the Vietnam War, which we all loved. And this one is even bigger. It's 820 pages. Oh, my God. Another historical fiction. Apparently, it's about logging. I didn't read, like, a description of it. I was just like, ha, 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 I want to read that. So um, I'm very excited about that. Uh, and we'll most likely be finishing it before next year. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll just sit down for the next two weeks and watch, you know, television. Everyone keeps trying to get me to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I've never seen. So maybe what? I'll just watch all oh of that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, um, we need to have an off-the-air come-to-Jesus moment here because, <laughs> yes, you do need to be watching that. So that is it for us today. You can check out the Read Harder Journal wherever books are sold uh, you can go to ghmummvictory.com to see all 10 stories for GH Mum Champagne. You can go to thirdlove.com slash books to get 15% off your first purchase. 
And if you want to drop us a line, you can tell us about Brooklyn Nine-Nine or anything else. It's all the books at bookriot.com. You can find us online. I am Miss Liberty on Twitter. Maria Christina is Meowie Christina, M-E-O-W-Y-C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. And it helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. This is our last show of 2018. Thank oh you to gosh. everyone for listening. Thank you so much. I'll be back on Friday with the last all the backlist of the year, and then we will see you in 2019. So thank you to all the listeners. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.